Bootstrapped Web. We're back. Jordan, how's it going, buddy? It's going. It's Friday. I was in Austin uh, this week. That was oh, fun. Oh, I love Austin. I miss Austin. I haven't been there in a while. This, it's a beautiful city. It's pretty messy. Is it? No. You know, I, I'm, it's been a couple of years since I was there, actually. Look, I was on 6th Street, so the messiest part of, of the yeah. city. Uh, we had a great time. The event was good. The, the whole deal, the bar that we went to was cool. We hit, we sponsored a happy hour with Bear Group and Adobe and, you know, oh, cool. other partners. Uh, did a panel. It was, it was great and beautiful city and big, right? It's like a college town, but it's, it's a real city. Yeah. Beautiful buildings, but messy. Homeless people sleeping on the street. Yeah. You know, shady characters hanging out on the corner, the, the whole, the whole deal. Man, Party that, town. Dude. It's like it's such a weird thing in America in the in these last few years. Um, mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna kick it off right into the oh, societal. Yeah. It's, it's some doom and gloom, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, you know what's weird? I was I was talking to a friend. I think I was talking to Charles about this. He's from Boston. Oh yeah. And you know, I grew up around New York, and you, I you don't see the homeless issue in Boston and New York currently. And for the last, there's some. Uh, there, there's always been some. Sure, but, but not nearly the but same. Not thing what you're Portland, seeing in, Seattle, in, a, in a few other, yeah. And we we were at a microconf in Denver last last time. I mean, man, Denver's a mess. Yeah, in DC. It's like it's 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 kind of it, it's incredible. Yeah. And the other thing that we were talking about was like when we were growing up, when we were kids, that was not a thing. And like going to seeing the nation's capital, going to DC or going to any any of these cities. Like you don't see these tent cities like you see now. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. Ho- ho- yeah, hopefully it's kind of hitting uh, a bottom, and we'll come back up with some mm-hmm. sanity and policy and all that. But so well, I was at a bar that we did a happy hour. It was about ten o'clock at night, and I basically just didn't get a good meal the whole day because I was in the conference and I'm not not really hungry, trying to focus. And then we went to you know one happy hour, then another. I'm eating little finger foods. I was like, I'm hungry, and I am not willing to take a walk by myself at ten o'clock at night, mm. and you know, I'm a, a man and like pretty fit. And I I was not interested yeah. in going take a walk by myself for a few blocks to look for food. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Gets a little not, uh, not gets a little dicey. Yeah. Well, uh, we're, in the, we're in the comfort of our of our quiet uh, suburban homes here. So uh Yes. <laughs> I mean that's that's you know, it's not why we left, but that general like environment in Portland became very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, after we left, like a, a few a few months ago, they, they found a dead body in my the schoolyard of my no kid's shit. school. Yep. Oh my god! Someone someone went to the back of the school and OD'd. Oh, you know, wow. like the, that. So that, like, yeah, that's you know, that's his. Thank you know, goodness, a kid didn't find the, right. the person. It was yeah. it was an adult, but but geez, you know. Oh, man. So yeah, we 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 when people here ask us why'd you move to Chicago, and we're like stability (laughs) we came looking for the nice boring midwest so we can focus on our kids education and work and and our our day-to-day lives yeah and i think we talked about it at the time but like you know uh you work in an industry where you could just get up and walk if if the if the local situation is Mm -hmm. less than ideal you know yep yep that's right anyway anyway it's friday how was your week yeah pretty good um uh i think i feel like things are getting a little bit more hectic 
more different projects, uh, different things competing for my focus on a day to day than I than I typically like to have. Um, okay. Uh, some of that is self imposed. Some of that is just a lot of stuff happening. But um, but yeah, wrapping up the week, feeling okay about things. I, I feel like I I have gained a lot of clarity on um, on a bunch of big decisions and directions uh for what i'm doing i I talked some about this last week um Mm -hmm. about the the trajectory for clarity flow um you know i I just wanted to like kind of clarify i got some some messages which i really appreciate from from some folks um uh after last week's episode clarity flow is very much going going strong like like totally kicking like and and a lot of the decisions and the things that i'm working through is like finding the right path to keep it going uh long term you know uh there, there's definitely no um there's definitely no end in sight here on on clarity flow it's it's going it, you know we, we're about to ship uh clarity flow commerce which is our, our big payments feature the ability to connect your stripe account and um and sell subscriptions sell sell one-time purchases all that stuff is is planned to ship in uh here in november and then um courses and community that like we shipped these features a few months ago and customers have been really um pretty excited about these things like moving their their coaching groups and their coaching cohorts into into clarity flow and off of these like generic um course and community tools so um that's been really cool to see we shipped some some improvements to that this this month um but yeah we're just you know we're, we're continuing to to hammer away and uh and I think I've got a good a good plan in place to um, sort of adjust resources as I as I move forward, uh, all optimized at like keeping the team in place, um, keeping our our roadmap intact on Clarity Flow long term, and and really uh, letting this thing grow, you know, give, and giving it like time and space to grow. I think that's the thing that hmm. uh, what you know, kind of removing some urgency is is part of what I'm doing. To, to speak it's, it bit. sounds like your biggest challenge is, is how to distribute your, your attention yeah. and, and energy, right? More than anything else. Yeah. I think part of the reality as, as I'll be a little bit more public about as I, as I move forward is, um, you know, I'm going to have to probably get back to splitting my time a little bit between, you know, something else that, that sustains me and as, but also like sustains my career as an entrepreneur um, without putting all of the eggs and time and resources into the one SaaS business. And I know there's a lot of debate over like, oh, you got to focus on one thing versus the other uh, or versus multiple things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in this case, as I move ahead into 2024, it's it's less about like wanting to split my time and more about the, the necessity to keep, like it's weird, but it's like, this is the way to, to keep uh, like sustaining clarity flow without, without going out and raising more investment or mm-hmm. selling the business or, or letting it completely uh, like gut the business of, of all of its resources. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it's re- really important what you're doing by a talking about it and B not letting like almost like a, a set of built up expectations dictate what the right thing to do is. Yeah that that's the that's like the the maturity required is 
you got to make your decision on on what the best thing to do moving forward is. And, and if you I want to keep clarity flow without raising more money and keep it moving forward, then sometimes you got to go, okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go split attention and come back later, come back when it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not yep. impossible. I I did that for many years in my career. Um, and it's just it part what it means to bootstrap, frankly, is to go slower. As as difficult and as frustrating as that is, especially for someone as impatient as myself, mm -hmm. um, that is the trade-off. Like, you know, raising uh, a lot of investment is, a lot of times that buys you speed. And if the decision is to not go that route, um, then, then at some point it reaches a level where it's like, well, this thing can sustain, but it's just gonna go slowly. And, and like we see, you know, we see growth and we see um, uh, improvement and we see a lot of excitement about the product, but uh, sometimes it's just not enough to, to like, you know, hockey stick growth in time for, for runway to sustain mm -hmm. itself. And, that, you know, this, right. this also comes up a lot with, with our podcast here. I, I'm sure you, you hear messages like this. I know I do, or at least I, I hear um, people follow along with our stories. That's what we do here. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I really do think that the, that the pivot from zip message to clarity flow was the right one and really going all in on, on coaches. I, I, all of that is having the intended effect. And, but I think the thing about having this podcast and being so public and sharing the story, which I love to do it, just the fact that we are on microphones talking about it, um, gives, gives the impression that it's bigger than it is frankly, you know, um, and, uh, and I hope that I, I think that you and I are transparent enough to, to not try to mislead people about what's happening. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you know, we're not, we're not papering over the, the hard, we've parts. never done that. We've, no. we've always looked at that version of things with mistrust, disdain that's, we don't want to do that. Yep. Yeah. Of course there are things that we can't talk about publicly, but we're, but I think that we're, we're both totally honest about things, but still, even despite that, I think just the fact of, uh, th there is this extra level of like, I don't know, like bigness that comes when you share publicly on, on any sort of podcast, even mm -hmm. a, a small one like ours, you know? Um, so, you know, I just wanted to like, kind of, kind of talk about that, like, you know, yeah, uh, I, I think it's I think it's important, and and somehow we have found ourselves on a podcast called Bootstrap Web, where both really, of us like, <laughs> well, we're 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 kind of pulling apart these different forms of experience, because as I hear you say, like you're uh, balancing on time and speed, and and the non-binary like version of like if this doesn't work, then it's over, like. You know, I I <laughs> I juxtapose that with my experience, and I'm like, oh, I'm accelerating toward the wall, but that is what I chose to do. Yeah, and and I don't, I'm not splitting my attention, not because that's, I don't think I should, but because I that I, that has been foregone as an that, option. That's the calculation that you've already made. Yes, yeah. yes, yep. that's right. I, I've had a lot Makes of total sense. recently. Yeah, it it does make sense, yeah. but it it is difficult to get into that mindset from one version to the other right now going into this season this like q3 q4 before the first half of the year where all the selling happens my intention was to hire one salesperson and we decided to hire two and that's not a small thing it's you know 
a very expensive position, which I want to talk yeah. about a little later on the podcast. And really that calculation was, well, what what are we doing here? Like they're holding back is pointless. Mm-hmm. Looking yep. to change the runway calculation by two weeks is 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 what pointless. was the uh, so the decision to go with two is is that yeah what was the decision there was it did it come down to like I've I've heard the classic advice especially with salespeople that it it, it helps to have multiple people kind of that was a factor that that was a factor because uh, for all the reasons that people make that argument to be able to compare the two to not assume that the one is going to work out perfectly to get different perspectives all the things went into that decision. But underneath it, the decision to take on the additional expense, really the North Star of that decision is, well, well, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we got to go. Th- this yep. is binary. We either grow fast enough to attract more capital or I do something else. That, that's really the calculation. And that's, mm-hmm. that's okay. Yep. That's what everyone signed up for. That's what everyone put money in for and what everyone signed their employment agreements for. The, 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 mm-hmm. Everything's aligned. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, uh, did you want? Did you want to get into that? Uh, uh yeah, sure. L- let's get into that. I was going to go back to toward attention or something, but but let's let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, we have we have a a, a debate, I guess, a conversation happening internally in the leadership team around a, a, a the topic of compensation of salespeople. Yep. Over the last year, I keep saying six months, but it's really it's called a year now. We have moved from a product-led distribution with platforms type of an approach to a firmly sales-led approach. Even when I think about marketing, it's to support sales because we're just trying to get people into the pipeline so that the salespeople can bring them along through that complex sales process. Uh, The way we're doing the account-based marketing identifying visitors to the site and having SDRs reach out. The fact that we have two SDRs and two AEs and currently no marketer, right? We're, we're, we just yeah. signed up with a marketing agency. Yeah, the whole funnel flows, flows through everything. The, the sales that's team. right. Yeah, Demo, the sure. pricing, the positioning, everything is toward that. So this, the these two AE hires that they both signed, we have one starting on the 13th and one starting on the 20th of November. So like we checked the box, like we went recruiting, we didn't get the right candidates. We hired a recruiter and paid up for the recruiting, and we got great candidates. We interviewed. We made offers. Both are signed. It's it's almost like, uh, okay, so they're signed, right? Like their yeah. employment agreement is done, meaning their compensation is set. We have like a quota plan. We have like the yeah, the like larger... like what can you share? I know it's hard to share a lot of this stuff. Publicly, sure, I, but like, I, I can share. You know what? I in can terms share, of like uh, the, the approach to to compensation, how does yes, that yes. So the approach to compensation is effectively fifty uh, fifty between base and OTE. OTE is on track earnings, meaning if you hit on target earnings. Excuse me, if you hit your targets, this is what you make. So it's fifty fifty. Call it. You know, if it's a hundred and two hundred k, one fifty, one fifty, two hundred, two hundred, like that. And then the ratio is 25% of quota. So OTE equals about 25% of quota. If you want to make 300K OTE, meaning 150K base, 150K incentive, then you need to bring in 4X that in ARR. Mm -hmm. 300K OTE, 
equals 1.2 million ARR quota. Okay, so that is like, that's basically the most important math for both the salesperson and the company. Additionally, if you don't hit your targets, you make less than 300, right? The 150 base, you get the 150 base. We're just going to go go with 150 and and 150 for a nice straightforward example. Mm -hmm. If you bring in 2 million in ARR, you're going to make more than 300. So what we have right now for the first time is we are hiring people who are going to be the most highly compensated people in the company. And they'll make, they'll make more than me and more than Rock and more than Jess and more than leadership and more than everyone. Yeah. So it does legitimately beg the question mm-hmm. if that is a – if that's the right approach. Yeah, it's so hard. So, I. I have right. no Think about- idea what the what the right approach is on this and really what a solution is on this. But theoretically, it you know, they are adding just as much value, may, maybe or maybe even in some ways like less value than what the rest of the product team put puts in. Right. The, a, a back-end engineer yeah. that's been working with us for 18 months has added a tremendous, tremendous amount of value that has leverage, right? That yeah. person contributes and every customer moving forward benefits and the team benefits from the code being good and everything else. The same thing goes for front end, QA, DevOps, and they get, you know, they they get compensated with with a healthy salary. But like the, the question then is like, if, even if at their, at their max salary, it, it it wouldn't come close to what a, a high performing AE would be making if if they're hitting or or exceeding their, their quotas. Right. Yes. If we just take the 25%, like it doesn't work out exactly like this, but just look at it as 25%. If a salesperson comes in and adds 2 million in ARR next year, let's just say they make $500,000, right? We have people who've been on the team for like two years working to make the product good enough so that it can command a price of $100,000 a year. And then the, the salesperson comes in and benefits from that great product that everyone contributed to. And then makes a, a lot more money. <laughs> yeah. Like, so and, and like the one thought, and again, I, I, I this doesn't seem like mm-hmm. the solution to it, but the one thought that I had about like, okay, well, how does the rest of the team get compensated? If if the if the if the sales team gets compensated or gets the the bonus on on the initial sale, the rest of the team that that's where something like profit sharing comes in. But the profit sharing is so far <laughs> in in the distance. Exactly. What what profit yeah. and you know, and and it's like, why should the the rest of the team be mm-hmm. uh, like kind of close that gap so far down the line in the success of the company? Right. Yes. the The best argument is a risk reward argument, where really they're just getting their base. Yeah. The salesperson, everything above the base is risk, and they are being compensated for taking on that risk of the ability to close. Business. I feel like, like for me, the the risk that if if you if you call it a risk reward, then the base would have to be lower. <laughs> okay, so okay, perfect, perfect segue. Agree, like mathematically speaking, it's if not it's a risk, a risk if reward, the base is, is if the base is like more or less the same as like a high level product person. Right? Okay, so I you know so that, that's like the perfect place to go in the yeah. argument. The issue is the base. Who's the base decided by? The market, yeah. So, and that's that, and that almost ends. That almost if, ends if the conversation. You want the best candidates? Yes, yes. Yep. That is kind of the issue right there. That you can make, you can put together the logical argument for both sides. You can 
right? There's there's always part of me that watches the Wolf of Wall Street and wants a company full of insanely ambitious people that want to get rich by working at your company uh, without all the fraud and jail, right? But in theory, some of us, you, you watch that movie and you're like, oh, they set up an environment for lunatics to make a lot of money. And you know who makes the most money? The owner of the company. So I, I like that I always sort of like, concept I, in general. I, I always find it difficult to like understand the mindset of all the different roles in a company because I only have the mindset of the founder, of the owner, yeah, of yes. the owner. You know, like yes. So, may, like maybe maybe this is just something that that we think a lot about mm-hmm. or we maybe stress mm-hmm. over a, a lot about. But somebody who is a professional at their craft in product management or UI design or UX or marketing um they just want a good career in what they do or 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 the compensate or maybe this is a real question about compensation and and balance of things and fairness if you will i mean i don't think right. that there's i don't think there's there's necessarily anything unfair about the about what the market demands in terms of pay yeah. scales you know that's right the uh, truth is that you can think it's unfair all you want but to go against the market guarantees not attracting the best people yeah. Right. There, there is an element that equity plays, like you know, stock options that they play a role. The people who joined Rally when it first started are in a far better position with their stock options. The, the I, and I feel like price, that's a more like under, understood reality of things. If you're the owner, yes. if you're the, one of the earliest uh, people in in the team, like you know, right? Yeah, no there, one there can are definitely touch some that. financial benefits to to that. You know. Yes. No. And, and that and, is and there, there's some real, and I feel like that is more straightforward risk and reward. Um, the, yes. You know, the founders starting a company from nothing or early employees like betting their career on joining a, a extremely early stage, yes. idea stage when they were started. Right. No, you know? Nothing to make sense of it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that that's in stone. You know, the, the, the way the market works for stock options is you can't just make up the strike price. So you're getting a 409A valuation from an external source. And that's what the strike price is. Strike price is from then on. So there's no going backwards, right? When you come in, it's like a penny, <laughs> and and now it's no longer a penny, and you you can't go back there. Only the people that came in early. Mm-hmm. So it does have a way of working itself out. But of course, the equity only turns into cash in the event of uh, you know, some type of an event. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So it's it's tricky. Uh, when I talk to the absolute best salespeople. They are, uh, there's just no going around the existing market dynamics. And if there's anything that I've come to terms with over the last year is that this is not like my own company that I control. And at at Carthook, we never really had salespeople and we were able to treat people very fairly, almost in like a family business sense. I'm like, this is what's right to do. And everything was determined by this is just what feels like the right thing to do. And that's how our policy is going to be because mm-hmm. we're deciding the policies. Now, it's not like we're being imposed on. It's not like our VC investors are forcing us to be unfair. Yeah. Absolutely nothing of the sort It's more about like the, the direction it's of the being market. so sales-driven. Like that's right. That's the reality of this strategy. Yes. Yeah. You, you want to go and be very fair? You're not going to attract the best candidates. You're not going to trust the, be- the best candidates. You're going to give your your company a lower chance of success, and then you're you're being irresponsible. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of it has just it's a bit of a I don't know if ethical or moral sacrifice, but it's it's a it's a reality. It's like 
okay, fine. I'll, I'll make certain compromises to go along with market realities. And so, yeah. you know, if someone comes in and and brings in 5 million in ARR because they're really good at closing deals and they make a million dollars next year, I mean, God bless. What, what, what else? What are you supposed to do? Yeah. And I mean, I think that those dynamics, the realities sort of reveal themselves at all stages of this, right? Like, like that's the reality that you're pointing to right now. And yeah, mm-hmm. there, it might theoretically feel like there's some, some friction there, but is the, is the friction actually real with or is it just something that you're questioning? It, but, but if it, if it is something that becomes real with like the rest of the team, that would reveal itself. And then that's a new problem to solve. And you can course correct if, if and when that happens. But as far as I, as far as I'm aware in, in the industry, which maybe I'm blind to this is, you know, that, that dynamic between product team and sales team and fairness and, and, and compensation like that. It's, I don't know. Maybe it's there, but maybe, maybe I don't know that, that, you know, like it's like that, that's the issue that you deal with later if it, if it pops up, but it, but it's not like, that's the strategy that, that you're going. My, my assumption is that it exists. I mean, any form of like public company, right? Salesforce, uh, any like any sales driven software organization, uh, it exists in VC, B2B software, it exists. I mean, that that's who we're hiring from. Yep. You know, we're, we're hiring from our peers in the industry. They're leaving right. those companies and coming to us. And it's it's if you if you can't match what their expectations of their career are, you're just you're going to be priced out. The, the, what, what, how can you expect them to do that when when they have the ability? The best people have the ability to choose the right opportunity. So you, you have to match the reality of the market. Yeah, but sure. but it's but it's what I called it is it's a worthwhile conversation to have. It should not yeah. be dismissed. Because, because it, ha- it as a leadership team, we do need to get ourselves to a place where we are comfortable with certain things, and then define where our limits are. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a worthwhile uh, thing to to think about and to talk about, and I think it was a, it's a good segment for this kind of podcast too. You know, like yeah. Like yeah, put put this kind of stuff out there for sure. Well, what, what do you got, got going? Um. Right now, like my my project that I'm working on in Clarity Flow is uh, self serve demos into self serve onboarding. So, um, okay. Earlier this week, I shipped. Uh, basically, I changed on our on our Clarity Flow marketing site. Up until this week, there was like a secondary call to action. The first one is like sign up for a free trial. The second one, the secondary is, it used to be request a demo. Now I just changed that to see a demo. So you click that and instead of leading to my calendar and booking a live sales call, that now leads to, uh, you know, like after you put your email address in, so we capture that and you're, you're now in our, in our list and we can send you emails. The next page that you see is a recorded demo. It's actually several videos. Um, I think it's like five or six videos in like a sort of a, you know, a, a, like a tabbed interface and you can go through them. I, I recommend going like in order, but the user can skip around to the, to the features of clarity flow that they're most interested in learning about. Um, I recorded all fresh demos last week. So this is like the newest 
look at the product. It's not any of these like outdated zip message videos that, I, that okay, I've had. And, okay. um, yeah, all, all the showing off all the new features, the, the core stuff, the community stuff, uh, the, you know, the programs, the, um, all of it. And, um, uh, I think it does pretty well. And, and then it, uh, you know, we've, we've still had the same, if not more people, uh, requesting access to this. I mean, it doesn't look all that different on the front end, except for the change in the, in the word of request a demo to see a demo. Um, the only difference there is they now go to this recording and then while they're viewing the recordings, there's a button to start your trial or there's a button to ask a question and they can ask a question and that leads them to a clarity flow intake page where they can submit a video or audio or text question. And now they're in a clarity flow, asynchronous Q and a conversation with me. Um, okay. And so, you know, a little bit of dog fooding the, the product in like the pre-sales conversations there. And that's, you know, so that, that, I think that that not only eliminates all the um, sales calls that have been just plopping themselves onto my calendar every week. Um, I think it did get to a point where, um, I, I'm actually not as effective at delivering a sales demo as as the recorded demo is, you know, because like it got to a point where Clarity Flow is sort of um the we we merged together three or four big pieces of the product like async conversations, uh, programs like to run a course, um, a community like group spaces for your coaching programs. So we like merge these things together. And then the, the fourth piece that's coming out is, is commerce. Um, so like sometimes a sales lead, I'd be on like a live call with them and they would just be like, well, but how do I do this or that? And then, and then I'm like jumping between these different areas and it doesn't quite make sense unless I weave them together in a, in a sequence and sort of like step them through like how all these things actually, even though they're four separate things, they, they do integrate perfectly together. And I need to, demonstrate that right um so i think that the videos do a better job of that um uh but then they still have the the option to sort of click around um and then my next step is to take basically the same videos slightly modified to have the same sort of sequence that's uh on like in the onboarding experience so after you sign up for your trial um i haven't shipped this yet that's coming next week which is like then they'll be able to like really see like a, a, a much better guide, like guided tour of the product. And I'm not going with like uh, one of these like interactive, like, like tool point, tip stuff. Yeah. Not the tooltip tour thing. Um, because again, it's some users might want to start with, with loading in their course. Some users might want to start with setting up their coaching group cohorts. Um, others might just want to fire up some async conversations. So I'm just showing you the video guides on how these things work and you can click your way through the interface and, uh, and, but like this, like setup tour is, is going to be readily available. Whereas currently it's, it's not yet. So that's been, that's been sort of lacking. And I, it is, this is all aimed at improving the conversion rate of trial to, to paid. And, you know, cause I think that we get too many pretty good fit customers coming through our funnel. Like they should convert They're they're good. They're coaches. They have good coaching businesses. We're a perfect fit for what they do. Um, but there's too many people who are coming in and they just feel a little bit lost or, or they, they can't find the features that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and hopefully these 
this putting this video series right front and center should should help with that. So that's my project right now. Right. So it's like more efficient, maybe a bit more risk on asking them to do it on their own. I feel like a lot of people like to do stuff on their own these days. They do. So. And and that's that's also part of the reason why I want to avoid the the heavy-handed like tooltip um, hey, you click this button f- now and, and let me, let's, let's go through a tutorial together. Like, no, like just watch this four minute video and there's a little button. If, if it is not for you, just click skip. And then, you know, uh, you can go to another one. Or if you want to skip out of the whole thing, just skip out of the whole thing. And then it's all gone. And there's a little button in the menu. If you want to bring it back and refer back to it later, like you can get back to the tour. Like it's all like, that's, that's what I would want out of these tool tip mm-hmm. tours, you know? Right. Self-directed. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's just the current project. And then, um, other than that, I'm just trying to weave together, like, you know, keep keeping to like keeping on pushing on clarity flow, managing my developers and thinking about the bigger picture and, and some new directions that I'm putting together for, for next year, you know? Okay, cool. Um, yeah. What do you, what else you got? So we are starting with this marketing agency this month. And uh, the onboarding with them has started. And so we're, what I'm trying to do is set the overall point of view and strategy, uh, mostly around evangelizing the problem as our North Star, talking about the problem, identifying it, pointing out that that it exists, defining it, everything with the problem being first and foremost. Uh, and we have to come up with specific ways to do that because it is right. We talked about the category creation issue and the relative lack of awareness, mm. and the and and what's worked for our awareness of the problem. Yes, yes, because because people don't think they can use a different checkout, or maybe they're a little bit educated, but they've seen our competitor and they they do things pretty differently than than we do. Mm-hmm. And right now, it's kind of thought of as like one-click checkout. And that's not really what we offer. Mm-hmm. So we we have to get the problem right. Um, along with that, what, what's revealed itself as a problem for us is we don't have the muscle to publish content. And I'm not even talking about like content marketing that puts thought leadership out there and drives people toward us with our content. I'm talking like the nuts and bolts of a feature launches and we write a blog post about it. Yep. Or we we meet a great agency partner and the first thing they say is, let's start out with some content. Let's just write something together. And we just don't have that muscle. It's it's a it's a result of individual decisions that I've made. Mm-hmm. Um right. First, our marketer, the the person who really led those efforts, went on maternity leave. And then she came back. And then soon after, I decided to go with an agency instead of an, an, an in-house marketer. Mm-hmm. So you know, the, this is a problem of my own making. But I seem to have trouble uh, figuring out what to do there. I feel like most companies have have trouble with this. Um, I, really? Because it do, feels like everyone else has it figured out and I'm the only idiot. It's one of those. No, I, I don't think so. I think that most, especially SaaS companies, um, the, the only ones to meet, the only ones that do, okay, what, just to be clear for folks, but when we talk about content, I believe that we're talking about like true, like human, stupid term, but thought yes, leadership. Yes, not SEO. Like not SEO, not just like, you know, 
Not and, but communication and I, from the company to the outside world. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, the ones that do that the best are personalities, personal brands, essentially. True. You know, um, that's the most authentic content that there is. That that's what you want to go for is authentic authenticity, right? Um, but when it when it needs to be a function of a product company that is not like a personal brand company. Right. That's that's where I think most companies struggle. And okay. that's what most companies are. They're not they're not usually personal brands. Like if you look at 37 signals, they I feel like they are very personality driven. You know, that's why their content love them or hate them, they are they have two founders who are extremely vocal and it's it's like natural for them to be vocal. Um and that's why Mm-hmm. They've grown a large audience over the years, you know? Um, it, it is a superpower. And at the same time, you know, you don't have to strive toward it, but you you do need to figure it out as, as a company. So yeah, I, and I'm, I'm, and I'm definitely not saying that like, that's the way, especially for a SaaS company. I think that's not the way, to be honest, like to, to be, to be like purely um, aut- personal brand audience focused. I think that's great if, if that's your business. But if you're a SaaS business or, you know, like that, I, I would not necessarily recommend like being a person you know, a personality driven thing. Um, the, the way that I, I'm approaching it with Clarity Flow, and we have certainly not <laughs> totally figured it out. Uh, we, we keep it, we, we've been experimenting with different approaches to this. We do the SEO stuff, which is a lot of AI driven kind of stuff. Um, we're actually getting more going deeper down that direction with more programmatic SEO, but that's not what we're talking about. That is that is more like technical, programmatic, SEO-driven stuff. Right, different thing. You, you're totally after track. Yeah. Yes, yes. The, the, one, the one thing that I did go into in terms of like what I think of as like brand content um, is, you know, so, so this is within the realm of Clarity Flow, right? And, and also keep in mind that like I consider Clarity Flow to be not my personal brand and i don't intend to wrap my personal brand around right. clarity Link. flow um but uh i'm a solo founder with a very small team so i am putting myself in some things and one, one thing that i did was i recorded about 12 interviews with coaches i did this over the summer um and a lot of them are clarity flow customers some of them are not but they're all coaches and they're like 45 minute vi- interviews uh, on podcast mics and on video, and we're releasing them as like a season of a podcast, and we're releasing them on YouTube, and we're we're cutting those YouTube videos up into like three or four videos per episode, which is like a ten minute segment of like us talking about a specific topic. You know, like like for example, this this episode of you like every Bootstrap Web episode, we probably covered like three or four big topics, so we would cut. We don't do this for Bootstrap Web, but like for this one, we we would like cut like ten minutes where we talked about the salesperson stuff. Like that would be a, a segment, and then um, you know, so that's what we're doing with with Clarity Flow right now. We're we're starting to drip them out, and so I have so all I did on that was I did the recordings. I show up like I I uh, invite the person, they book on my calendar. We do the hour long recording session. I pop it mm-hmm. into you know, whatever Riverside and Notion. And then my assistant does the rest. She, she did the video editing, the audio editing, the publishing. Um, and then she cuts them up. She puts them, she schedules them out 
on social media. Um, and, uh, and that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's great. I, I need to come up with, and, and like out of that approach. So I need to hire a writer, do it myself, something, but I, I, I need to get off of whatever situation we're in right now that it makes it like, it's a big deal to publish, you know, a few paragraphs. It shouldn't be a big deal there. So, so the, the question, and I still have this question of myself on, on that little project of like the clarity flow podcast and, and YouTube content. It's like, why, why did we even invest the time on that? It, it didn't take a lot of my time. I just did these, these calls, which frankly were pretty enjoyable talking to our best customers. But out of that, we're able to generate video testimonials because there's always a segment where they talk about how they use clarity flow. And that becomes a video testimonial that we'll publish on our site. Um, it's content that other coaches can relate to because they, co you know, uh, our customers want to see content of or stories from their uh, from people who look just like them. Um, and a lot of these people have pretty large audiences, so they can share it out. So that, that that's yeah. my thinking. Um, yeah, it's great. I love it. The the other type of content that I that I'm the solely responsible for right now is um, when we release a new feature. Um. And I, I kind of wish I didn't have to do this. I just don't have a, a good solution for another person to do it. Um, but one of the goals when I redesigned, when, when clarityflow.com was redesigned, that the marketing site, we essentially set it up so that we have two blogs. One, one is like SEO articles, but the other one is just what we consider like a company blog. Okay. And, and on the company blog, I'm the one who, who I write a short write up whenever we have a new release of a new feature. Um, it's, and I also usually record a video with it. Um, so I'll record a video, I'll write a couple paragraphs about what the feature is, why it's important. Um, and, uh, and I publish that to the blog. I write uh, a newsletter to the, to the list with the same sort of content. I link from the newsletter to the blog and I put out a social media post with the video. Um, that's basically the, the process. And I try to do that like about twice a month whenever, you know, that's sort of the cadence that, that we're releasing stuff this year. Um, uh, but that's a lot of work, man. Like, like, like I put a lot of work in just shipping the feature and polishing it up and working with the dev team and getting that out the door. But then it's like the day that it ships or the day after I have to spend like at least half my day writing that stuff up, shooting the video, uh, you know, just getting all the details right. And the, cause I don't like my, yeah, not, my assistant, not a small can, little thing. It, my assistant can like edit and publish videos and she can do SEO articles, but she doesn't have my knowledge of the product and why a, a feature is important to our customers. Like that's only me. And yeah, I don't know how to, I don't know how to outsource that, but it's, I don't, I don't know either. Right. Uh, it's it, but it's a problem and I'm determined to figure it out. Uh, I would think that it, in a company with a larger team, I would think that 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 sort of content, like feature release, product release content, that should probably come from like the what do you call it, like a, like a product manager or lead product designer, like whoever's whoever's the one responsible for mapping the customer's needs to what we're going to build in in this um, sprint or whatever. Right. When you when you put that game plan and the person managing the team on that, I feel like that person should also be writing up the the release blog post. Maybe, maybe I may, it's possible that I could go to them and 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 ask if if they want to take that on, or at least it, like put having them 
interviewed by a content creator or write up a bullet point list of what's important about this. And then an actual writer puts it into. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my current thinking. My current thinking is a little bit of internal plus external help Mm -hmm. because I I feel guilty that I don't just do it. But when you say it and like downplay how much work it is, you can convince yourself, oh, it's not a big deal. It's a few paragraphs. But it's not. It does no, take time. It's a lot of little things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I um, am, you know, I think you mentioned it earlier in the podcast. I am pretty overwhelmed with my task list at the moment. Mm-hmm. And our, uh, our like super generalist on the team is out for a few weeks. Uh, and as soon as that happened, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Because it's a, he, it's he a did pain, a lot of man. things around like, sales. It's a pain because it's like we ship features and and it's deployed. It's on it's on production. And like the last thing that I want the 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 thing that I want to do most after it gets out to production is start working on the next feature. I don't want to spend a whole day creating content about the thing that's already live. But that's the whole point of releasing features is to let our customers know <laughs> that that we've released a feature, right? Yes, um, it's it's you know, it's valuable for people who use the product, but it also has significant marketing value. Exactly. Not yeah. to mention the general marketing value for the company in the sense of momentum and new features coming out on a regular basis mm-hmm. and just visibility, literally views. When someone sees your product over and over and over again in front of them on LinkedIn and on Twitter and other places. It's it's better for you. The other thing so, that I've started like this this year, we've been releasing a lot of features, right? Like on on a pretty regular clip. Um, I think we're coming to the end of a, of a really big push on the product now. But the other thing that I notice is that like just because you announce it once does not it. it most people are not going to notice it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I still right, get you emails be posting it for for months. Yeah, really I, what what I started doing when I I, I got enough. Re- emails or, or messages saying like, Hey, I, I'm, I'm waiting for your programs feature. I'm like, ah, oh, we shipped that four months ago. Like, <laughs> how did you miss that? That one email newsletter that I sent about it? You know, like, uh, well, there's no, of course, like you, there's probably most people delete most emails or they miss them. Right. So what I started doing is, um, I want to do more of this, but what, one thing that I do is in every product newsletter that I send out to say like, here's the new thing that we shipped. There's always a section near the bottom. Like in case you missed it, here's the last four features that we shipped and just link back to those product blog posts. Um, and just keep like every newsletter has a set of like three or four things. So like everything is getting re-promoted. Um, I, what I want to do, I haven't done this yet is set up like an automated email sequence that just goes out long-term over many months, over like the life cycle of a, of a trial subscriber that like every two weeks. reveals over time. (laughs) Yeah. Like a, like a, like a feature highlight email. We don't have to say like, this is brand new because it's not new anymore, but it's like, Hey, check out our, uh, payments feature, you know, um, or the, or, or the, did you know, like we have a mobile app? I mean, we do have an email about the mobile app, but you know. But the the repetition is, is required. Yeah. Yeah, I I love uh, from like a like a business like respect point of view, this agency that we are working with, I think they're so smart to do things the way they are. Effectively, what it allowed us to do, it, it's almost like a land and expand approach, where we signed with them 
the monthly retainer is super low. But as soon as we now have a marketing agency uh, on board, everything I think of, I email them. Do you do LinkedIn posts for the founder? You know? Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Let me connect you with the social media person. Yeah, so we, by the we've time- we got a plan with, for that. Yes. <laughs> w- within three months, we haven't even started with them. And I've emailed them twice already. Like, do you have this other service also? I love My it. guess is within three months, it'll be double or triple what we initially signed with them on. But it really let us make the decision. There's like there's a lesson in there. Oh yeah. For software, for coaching, for consulting. It's just if you want to work with the person and they want to work with you, to not make the initial hurdle, this big giant decision, yep. uh, is is it's smart. It, it's working. Yeah, man. Um I don't know how much more time we have left, but one of the things that I'm starting to do, I guess I'll be a little bit more open about this now. I'll um, is as as, I, as I'm talking about, I'm looking for the beginning, the 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 beginnings of starting a new thing, a new a new big direction in my career here. And one of the things, maybe uh, no surprise, is I'm looking at starting to offering a, like a private coaching service to like a, a very limited number of of clients. Um, okay. okay. And, um, I've, I've done some coaching in the past, especially around like productized services. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. How general on, are you being? Yeah. I'm not so focused on that. What I, what I am focused now on is product strategy and, um, you know, especially software teams. Uh, and one thing that I'm interested in, and, and I'm starting to have some conversations with, with some folks. So, so I would say where I'm at right now in this journey is exploration. I'm sort of like sniffing around and poking around and having some conversations with people who I think sort of fit the type of person who could could maybe benefit from someone like me uh, working with them or working with their team. And my thought right now, this is super rough, I'm just gonna kind of talk about it publicly, okay. is um, so product strategy is is the theme of of what I'm focused on. And what do I mean by that? I mean like, Making decisions on your product, making business decisions about your product roadmap, um, taking technical considerations into bringing a product to market, um, finding shortcuts to to get to market faster. Um, given some technical realities of of what needs to be built, uh, you could also weave in customer uh, understand understanding of the customer, customer research, jobs to be done, um, taking that stuff and mapping it into actual. Uh, development of a product or a feature roadmap um and the people and so i so when i start to explore anything new i always try to start with the person like who who would this be for Mm -hmm. and i think that there are two kind of avatars that i'm thinking about um but one a little bit more so who I, i i just put them on on paper or on, on a notion document and I would call it like a non-technical founder of a SaaS or or a co-founder of a SaaS. And this person does not intend to get their hands dirty in the code. They're not a developer, but they are at the head of a tech of, of a pro of a technical product company. So if if I come in as like a in a, in like a coaching capacity or like an advising capacity to help make sense of some of the technical decisions that need to be made around the product, uh, the roadmap, maybe 
sort of like translating between the non-technical founder and their technical team or technical partners, um, helping to collaborate on on um, on like the shaping process for a product roadmap. You know, that's the stuff that I live and breathe every day, and I feel like I I could be valuable to uh, either a single founder or or their team um, in some capacity. And that's the thing that I'm sort of poking around to see if, if there's something there. Um, and I'm having some conversations with folks and it's interesting to see like, like some of them are like in more established, like, like later stage SaaS and they, and they, and I'm sort of surprised to see that they have some, some pains or gaps. And then others are a little bit earlier on and they, they have some needs, but they have concerns over budget. Um, and so I'm just sort of like, trying to understand what's here. Um, so that, that's one, that's one direction. The other one, I don't know about this one, but it's, it would be someone who is also not like full stack. Um, but they, they, they would like to take a similar path that I personally took. Like if you go back to 2017, 2018, I spent that year transitioning myself from being just a designer to, um, to being a full stack product developer, you know, uh, learning Rails, going from just front end to Rails, or someone who is like maybe heavily into like no code tools, but they want to be able to supplement that with some actual coding skills to be able to bootstrap and ship their own products, like bringing their their own products to market. And even back then, that year, like I did work with a coach, a, a couple different coaches who sort of supplemented my learning. Like I did some courses, I did some practice projects. But what helped me the most was having another more experienced product developer to answer my questions, help me bust through roadblocks and tell me the ways that things are designed. So that's another area that I'm that I'm exploring and and trying to maybe help some uh, earlier stage founders who want to like, you know, and like the the angle on that would be like, I'm not going to teach you enough to go get hired by Google as an engineer, but I can help you in. I, I can I, I can help you like bootstrap and ship a product um, yeah without kind of having to only rely on like no code stuff you know so that and you know it's going to be super limited I I only have uh, a, a like a, a limited availability for this sort of thing but it's like a first step into what I think might be like a larger theme for me uh, going forward you know in terms of like product strategy so. Cool. Just want to throw, uh, throw that out there. I'm interested to see, you know, where where you dial that in to kind of, you know, give, uh, yeah, give people an option. But it does sound like you're you're looking to help people that were in a very similar position as you. Yeah, yeah, man. And it's like it's interesting. Like, um, how do you even like start this sort of thing? You know, like, um, uh, like literally starting from nothing, and and um, and so. I'm still kind of navigating that. Like what, like I did like post uh, a, a blog post on my personal blog for the first time in a while about how I think about product strategy and sent that out to my list along with some survey questions. So that sort of got the conversation started with some folks. Um, I have, I also wrote up like a notion page. That's sort of like a draft, like sales page for this sort of service. Um, that's how I start to make sense of like, you know, I, 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 I start to like write out like what would a sales page how how would that need to to read from a copywriting standpoint? Um, I haven't shared it out, but I guess my next step on that would be to sort of like make a list of all of my closest 
contacts in the industry to number one, just get their feedback on this. Like, tell me if, if this makes any sense. If like, just how does this read to you? And then, you know, maybe out of that would uh, turn, you know, result in some like introductions to folks who might be a fit. So yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to to see what's here. You know, I agree. Well, I am off to elementary school fundraiser gala thing. Oh, so I'm gonna fancy. I'm gonna put on a, put on a suit tonight. Try to oh, be a wow. normal human. Try to put all the uh, worries of the world on pause for a little bit. Go out with my wife and have a good time. Raise a few bucks for the local local school. Very nice. I think we're going to do a little uh, date night. Go out to the movies this weekend. Uh, should be nice. Grandma's going to come over and watch the kids. Beautiful. Nice. Sounds great. Hell yeah. Thanks for listening. Later, folks. <laughs>